Attention cannabis radio listeners. Do you suffer from chronic pain, anxiety, depression, or PTSD? These are the most common qualifying conditions for medical cannabis. Did you know that in many states you can visit a doctor online with no waiting rooms, no drive, not even an appointment needed? See a doctor right from your smartphone. It's fast, convenient, and it'll save you money as most states don't collect taxes on medical cannabis purchases. So what are you waiting for? Go to MarijuanaDoctors.com slash Cannabis Radio and get $5 off your on-demand medical card evaluation. Welcome to Chronic Risk, the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. Stay tuned for expert advice and analysis on issues pertaining to risk in the cannabis industry from NCRMA's members and certified service partners. Chronic Risk, secured by the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, starts now. Welcome to another episode of Chronic Risk, the voice of the NCRMA, the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. I am your host, Alex Herding, the Chief Risk Management Officer for the organization. Thank you for joining us. Chronic Risk is the podcast that gives insights on risk in the cannabis industry and from the NCRMA's partners, members, and affiliates. Today, we are joined by a couple people who can provide insight into product safety in the cannabis industry. My guests are Andrew Hatch and Brian Turbett. They're Dreamleaf partners. They specialize in the development of compliance and cultivation solutions for the cannabis and hemp industries. Their principal consultants, Brian and Andrew, have more than 30 years of combined experience and are passionate about helping clients achieve their most strategic business objectives. Whether you're a small farm that needs help sourcing location, uh, appropriate genetics, or vertically integrated firm concerned with compliance across the supply chain, Dreamleaf Partners can help. Uh, They offer a variety of cultivation consulting services designed to help farmers optimize production capacity, increase potency, and compete uh, with more than just price. Uh, Wherever you are in the industry, be it a cultivator, processor, manufacturer, retail dispenser, or a fully vertical operation, Dreamleaf Partners can build a robust risk management system, including a compliance framework and supply chain management system to protect your businesses and customers. For more information, you can find them at dreamleafpartners.com. We at the NCRMA are excited um, about some of their new educational courses that we'll be providing and uh so andrew and brian welcome to chronic risk we are really excited and honored to be working with you guys both as service partners and contributing uh, educators thanks alex it's a pleasure to be here yeah thank you we're excited yeah so let's start this off with you brian you've been in the industry a long time can you uh take us quickly through your background in legal cannabis yeah, um, so my journey in legal cannabis started around 2001 in San Francisco, right after the dot-com crash. Um, I was working at a camera rental house and a friend of mine who worked at Sixth Street, a medical cannabis dispensary in downtown San Francisco, decided that they were going to start a new club on Hate Street. And so they asked me if I wanted to be part of it. And since I've always loved cannabis, Um, And the idea of actually selling it from a store uh, was amazing. So I quit my job and started bud tending and little did I know that would actually kickstart my cannabis career. Um, My next move in cannabis would be commercial cultivation. 
I managed many different grows from San Francisco and Los Angeles, learning many different techniques in hydro and soil. Um, growing cannabis in Can uh, California is a very competitive market, um, but I managed to get myself some pretty legendary strains that actually helped me maintain my competitiveness, which got the eye of the Vapor Room Cooperative. And so after many years of being an independent grower, I was asked to be their cultivation director. This was a really exciting uh, opportunity for me because they are probably one of the most premier clubs in San Francisco. And it really helped me understand, you know, commercial cultivation, planting schedules. I built experimental rooms so I could really understand what the plant was doing but also really helped me understand business in cultivation of cannabis. Um, I had to tell them how much we were going to make that year. Um, but like all good things, it come to an end and my grow was robbed mm -hmm. and the vapor room was shut down by the feds. Oh my gosh. And yeah, and so I had to do a little soul searching and I ended up getting a job at Google which is an amazing experience in itself. But after several years, I really felt like cannabis was my true calling. And around that time was around 2014, and that's when Colorado legalized cannabis. And so I decided to move back home to Colorado. And I ended up getting a job at a premier dispensary in downtown Boulder, uh, Helpingham's Herbals. There I really learned about the legal side of cannabis, you know, metric, and inventory management. These are things that didn't exist in California's uh, cannabis industry yet. So it was really valuable for me. And so like after a few years of, of actually working there and honing in my legal experience, um, a company in California reached out to me um, because California just legalized cannabis and asked me if I wanted to help consult for their new startup. Um, that was an amazing experience. Uh, I learned a lot about the licensing process and dealing with venture capitalists, but I'm not sure if anybody's familiar with California's uh, beginning legalization. It was very rocky and I did not want to be part of that anymore. So I decided to move back home to Colorado and I ended up getting a job as head of compliance at Evo Lab and CBX Sciences here. It's a manufacturing uh, license yeah no yeah they yeah they, they they do great great stuff no that's really really uh impressive background and yeah you've uh <laughs> got a definitely an interesting story right you know right around uh, the start of this whole industry and that's uh, definitely really impressive experience and so you know there's a lot of operators starting cannabis facilities now what what you know what would be some major advice that you give some of these operators um that are just starting up well, first thing I would just say, find a mentor. Um, if you're getting into this and you have no real understanding or any experience with the cannabis industry, there are a lot of unknown unknowns in this industry. And what I've actually seen is a lot of companies make some really horrible mistakes because they just have this basic understanding of the industry and they try to apply other standards and other industries to it. Um, kind of give you a little example, uh, cannabis inventory management. 
it's much different in cannabis than it is in any other industry. Uh, many states are required to have a you know cloud-based state-run inventory system like metric. Um, you'll be required to reconcile that with your physical inventory. And then if you're running an ERP or a POS, um, you, you will need to be reconciling it with that. Now, keeping all those inventories in sync is a challenge in itself, but then when we re combine it with the requirements of batch batches, and cannabis, you can't combine batches. So that adds an extra layer of, of understanding of the inventory management. If you understand these things from the beginning, you can create a roadmap that will be for success. And, you know, more, more importantly, you're not going to create like compliance and operational nightmares for the future. Right. Right. Now that's, that's all great advice. That is especially, yeah, important in this industry to really, yeah, like you said, find a man or find somebody who's been down this path before, because there are so many different challenges in this industry um, than really any others. I mean, it, they're, they're different and they may, uh, yeah, there's, there's, you said it well that uh, you need somebody guiding you along because there's just so many unknowns joining, you know, joining this industry when you start. Well, thank you for that information, Brian. Um, that was really insightful. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have some questions for Andrew. Chronic Risk will continue after we visit our certified advertisers. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at shoogies.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. You're listening to the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, NCRMA's Chronic Risk only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Chronic Risk. We were just talking with Brian Turbett of Dreamleaf Partners, and now we are back and we are going to ask Andrew a few questions. And Andrew, can you give us a little background relationship with the plant? Sure, Alex. Uh, so I first used cannabis um, as a teenager, and I, I quickly became obsessed with the plant and its product. I've been growing plants already since I was very small. And uh, I loved it. And so through my 20s, I spent time growing and uh, studying and using the plant. And so during that time, I also got obsessed with orchids. Um, you know, why only be obsessed with one thing, right? And uh, I got involved with the Denver Orchid Society, which is a, a nonprofit educational society dedicated to spreading orchid knowledge. And I started showing, judging orchids, um, started to get awards, uh, and ended up on the board of the society and eventually led it as the president. Um, but when my daughter was born, I left my corporate job. I, I worked in a financial institution and I went back to school at CSU to study plant genetics. Um, at the same time as I did that, I started an orchid breeding company uh, dedicated to the ex situ conservation of wild orchids, uh, endangered and uh, critically endangered orchids. 
so my my work with orchids and uh, the wheat research that I spent a couple of years on at CSU gave me insight into what the cannabis industry might need. And uh, after conversations with several um, master growers, I realized there were very large knowledge gaps in the industry and almost no standards. So in 2016, I decided to enter the industry, um, but I didn't have any connections. Uh, so I applied for entry level uh, grower positions, basically with the four largest dispensary chains in Colorado. And then when I got in the interview, I tried to pitch them on the idea of cannabis R&D and genetics and tissue culture and these other things. Um, you know, three of them politely declined uh, and then Native Roots Colorado saw the value and they hired me. Um, now in the early days at Native Roots, I met an organic chemist who worked there named Brian Farrell, a brilliant man, by the way, if you happen to run into him. Um, and together we founded and directed Native Roots uh, scientific operations department. Uh, before he moved on later to become a product development chemist and I absorbed his half of the scientific ops department. A little, uh, a little prior to that, uh, we built out physical, chemical and biological research labs and uh, did a lot of work with quality assurance and quality control. Um, we started proactively screening the crop for contaminants uh, and uh, identifying potential hazards and uh, grow processes. And uh, we also did, you know, a lot of other work uh, with tissue culture, microbial inoculant and biostimulant research and uh, many other research avenues. From there, in uh, early 2019, I started uh, Specialty Hemp Genetics in Colorado. I left Native Roots. Um, Specialty Hemp Genetics was a, a hemp breeding clone and feminized seed company. Um, and there I worked on improving smokable flower quality uh, and powdery mildew resistance as well. Um, but, you know, uh, most people are probably familiar with the hemp crash <laughs> uh, if they're in the hemp industry. And so the hemp industry crashed right before COVID. And uh, I realized that maybe the industry was too immature uh, for what I was trying to bring to it. And um, instead started uh, Dream League Partners with Brian here. Well, that's, no, that's really interesting. And I, that the experience with orchids, I think, is fascinating, too, because that that is a <laughs> compared to cannabis, a, a, a much more difficult plant to grow, as you'd probably know um, directly. And I think, yeah, they, they that industry, from my understanding, has really developed a lot of great standards. And, and I think you're right. I think that uh, that lends itself to this industry, you know, with with the lack of standards and really understanding you know in general in a lot of different areas and you know and to that you know there's so much that we need to learn about this plant um andrew and what areas of research do you think the industry really needs right now so first and foremost uh i would say that we need to make sure that the products we're providing to patients and consumers are safe um Cannabis flower cultivation at scale is still pretty new and it carries many novel contamination risks. Yeah. There's very little known about some of these contaminants health effects too. Uh, and, and what is known about the contaminants we see and we have a baseline for is pretty scary. So investing in appropriate quality assurance, quality control measures for the operator, but also publicly funded research for the industry will help safeguard the consumer, but also the industry as a whole. Uh, as you guys know, we're, we're very much in the public eye right now, and we've got people gunning for us. So if we don't proceed carefully, we could have a major setback. Um, you know, I know there's going to be people that say that talking about this stuff damages the industry. Uh, but I would ask those people to think about the damage to the industry that only a few high-profile liability lawsuits could do. Um, it, it could be very much worse. And so 
Uh, moving along, second on the list of, uh, of necessary research is molecular breeding or using modern genetics techniques to find the traits breeders want and breed them into their strains much more quickly than traditional breeding techniques. It's important to note that I'm not talking about genetic engineering here, uh, but rather a way to map out the genes that are there and predict how they'll show up in hybrids. Um, Molecular breeding can accelerate a breeding program for quality, but it also opens the door to resistance breeding, uh, which can minimize pesticide use and make plants that are less likely to carry dangerous microbes. Uh, we're still in the infancy of cannabis genetics research, uh, so more research in this area is going to help get us uh, to where we are with other crops like corn uh, in terms of understanding, safety, production efficiency, and repeatability. Third, I would say that the industry needs to focus on sustainability. The amount of waste in the industry is incredible and it's completely unsustainable. Um, the danger here is twofold. Obviously, the environmental impacts of fertilizers and sprays are something we want to consider, but the price of cannabis is also only going to fall in most places. And so the expense of production has to also fall for um, operators to succeed in those areas. Inefficiency is a big problem in the industry, but it's, you know, when the price is high, uh, a lot of operators don't see the problem. And, uh, but when the price crashes, you know, you end up upside down pretty quickly. Um, so investment in ground level production to really narrow down what the plant actually needs will also drive down the number of products we have to use as well as labor costs, energy costs, environmental impacts and uh, waste. Yeah, no, those are all really important. Yes, obviously product safety. You, uh, I think you hit it on the head. That's I mean, there's so much liability hanging over the industry right now that I think a lot of people aren't aware of. And yeah, I couldn't agree with you anymore uh, about getting that, getting those studies out there. And there may be some pushback, but um, it's really about providing customers with a safe product. And um, yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with you. There's so much more to, to study along with with the the genetics and um, and really sustainability. I think you're right. Those are all just uh, really important. And um, yeah, we, we need to put as many great minds to that as we can. So um, we at that, you know, MC Army, we're obviously about controlling and managing risk. And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on hazards of the cannabis industry and supply chain management? Well, you know, I feel like as we get closer to federal legalization, companies are going to be required to rise to a higher standard that they that may be out of their current scope of operation. Right. Um, you know, every new compliance regulation that comes out will raise the cost of your production. So it's really important that you stay on on top of these rules, but also budget for the increase of the costs or the cost of your goods may, may exceed the value of the product that you're currently making, you know, especially if the market dips. Um, like I said before, like, you know, because our industry is not federally legal, cannabis doesn't have gap and CGMP standards like every other industry. Um, this really makes the supply chain vulnerable um, companies that haven't implemented these CGMP and GAP standards create a risk for all the customers that they supply to. Okay, so we, and take a step back too. So CGMP, what are we talking about here? Um, just put the acronyms out there to the people. 
CGMP stands for Current Good Manufacturing Practices. Now, these are standards that all industries have that create a framework for safety. And, and so that's kind of what we need to kind of strive towards, right? We don't have this yet in cannabis, um, but moving forward, we will because the risk for liability on all of this is huge, right? Um, and, and, and so like what I was going to say is that like, if you're not a vertically integrated company, right, your risk for having product contamination and recalls may be completely out of your hands because yeah. you're dealing with a third party supplier that doesn't have the same standards as your operation, right? So it's really important that you train your staff to kind of identify these problems until we can kind of get these things in play. Right. Um, there have been lots of examples in the industry, but I'm not going to call them out. <laughs> right. Yeah, plenty, plenty. No, that those are absolutely really important issues that um, that the industry needs to focus on. And it really largely revolves around liability and um, and really, and that's what we're here at the NCRMA are about. Really, it's about you know, obviously being compliant and doing things safely, providing safe product and workplace. But really, it's it, it, as a business in the bottom line, it, it's about liability. And and are do you have the standards? to really control these, these risks that are out there. And I think you're really hitting it on the head. These are really important issues. And uh, we're going to take another break real quick. And when we come back, we'll talk to you guys about um, your upcoming um, courses that you'll be uh, providing through our NCRM Academy. So we'll take a break and we'll come right back. Chronic Risk will continue after we visit our certified advertisers. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 gardens centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. You're listening to the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, NCRMA's Chronic Risk, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, so welcome back. We are here with Brian Turbett and Andrew Hatch of Dreamleaf Partners. They are going to be working with us at the NCRMA in multiple capacities. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about their uh, being contributing educators with us. And um, so, um, guys, can you tell us a little bit about your product safety courses that you'll be um, offering through us? Yeah, sure thing, Alex. So uh, first off in the series is cannabis contaminants, which is a comprehensive overview of common contaminants in the uh, supply chain. Uh, it covers microbial, heavy metal, pesticide, and residual solvent contamination, and includes uh, common sources of contamination, contamination regulation, 
violations, some info on uh, testing, the costs associated with failures, uh, recalls, remediation, and, and more topics. Um, attendees will come away with a basic understanding of the complex world of cannabis contaminants uh, and a baseline understanding of, of how to minimize risk. Um, Brian, would you tell us a little bit about the second installment? Yeah, the second installment is of our product safety series is going to be about recall planning. Um, as we, you know, like I said before, as we realize that we're getting closer to federal legalization, the need for CGMP, um, we're going to need to plan for recalls. There are some states like Colorado that are actually requiring licenses to already have this. Um, in our, our course, we're going to include information on what a recall plan is, who should be involved, what can trigger a recall. We're also going to kind of review the documentation needed for a recall plan, like distribution lists, maybe talk about uh, a recall notice that you would send to your regulators, but just also just kind of lay out the basic framework for a standard operating procedure. Okay, no, that's all great. So the first two courses we got coming in is uh, product contaminants and recall. So yeah, these are obviously real critical issues, obviously, right now. And, and like you were mentioning, Andrew, about um, about the liabilities out there and that a lot of unknowns and that that what is really what i like about the course um that that you guys are, are laying out your first course here it's really just you know laying out a lot of what we know and what we don't know and what we're soon to find out and i can you can you touch on a little bit of uh, on that andrew for us i mean so can you go over what what we do know, and then maybe a little bit about what we don't know about product contaminants. Yeah, so I mean, I think that um, cannabis contaminants, they're insidious, I mean, because they're mostly invisible. And we've got large gaps that exist in testing. Uh, microbial contamination can cause several types of fatal illness in cannabis users, and most operators don't use water activity as a measure of shelf stability for flour which is what they use for beef jerky or dried fruit or other consumable so, items. Yeah, it's a, I want to touch on that a little bit. So what, what does the industry use right now other than water activity to, to measure that? Uh, from what I've seen, people snap stems. I've seen a lot of people snap stems. Some people do just moisture content. Um, moisture content doesn't tell you the whole picture because it doesn't tell you how much of that water is available for microbes to use. And so water activity as a standard um, will, I think, reduce a lot of kind of uh, post-packaging contamination, um, as well as help people on the front end really dial in their curing process. Because once they start measuring and they have a, a numerical value, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to improve their process because they'll have something to start from. If that makes sense. No, that's no, that's really interesting. And I, and be honest with you, I, I don't think I'd really had heard about this. Um, I, I was aware of water activity, but be, be frank with you, I thought there was a, a relationship between moisture content. But what you're telling me, there isn't a direct relationship between moisture content and water activity? There is uh, in a standard, you know, in a pure substance, um, but you have to determine that for each substance. And so it, you can't really use it easily on uh, cannabis because the different strains, the different chemical composition between the strains to throw it off. So uh, moisture content is not a, um, a great measure. 
Okay. No, that's, that's interesting. And another great, my people should take this course to, to clarify that. Can you expand a little bit on what, what we don't know and what, you, what, what kind of liability you think this, the industry as a whole kind of is, is under right now? Uh, well, you know, okay. So like we've said before, the unknown unknowns, uh, you know, we don't really know uh, what's going to happen. We saw what happened with asbestos in, in the construction industry. Like we, we don't really know what's going to be the thing that hits the cannabis industry. And so we really have to kind of get out in front of these things and start testing for them before they occur. Um, you know, which is why the, the work we did at Native Roots was so groundbreaking was because we were, we were analyzing our product for contaminants before it was required. And it allowed us to dial in things and eliminate problems and see problems coming. And so if the whole industry did it, I think safety would be at a much higher standard. Oh, no, that's that's extremely interesting. And and no, we're excited to have you guys uh, both on individually in future episodes. And we'll definitely dig in uh, to both your expertise and some of those great anecdotes that you're talking about there at Native Roots. It's all really interesting. And I, and I can't thank you guys enough uh, for being on Chronic Risk today with us um, and sharing your insights I think these courses and product safety are just extremely valuable. This product containment course that you guys are releasing here first with us, I think is, it should be mandatory in my opinion in this industry because uh, of the deep knowledge and experience you guys have. And you can really just present, you present this information in such uh, a good way that anybody who's operating can really understand. Um, Obviously a lot of the information goes a lot deeper but um, but but that's why we're here at the NCRMA. If you guys need any help with your operations, um, analyzing any of these risks that uh, Brian and Andrew were talking about with su- supply chain or product safety, we're here to obviously help. Um, and we're glad to have Brian and Andrew on our team to help within those capacities. So if any of you out there are looking for any type of support, reach out to us. You can find information at ncrma.net. You can find out more about Andrew and Brian's product safety courses through our academy at ncrma.net backslash ncrmacademy. Um, and you can find out a little bit more about Brian and Andrew through their website at dreamleafpartners.com. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Uh, we know you could have been anywhere doing uh, pretty much anything you want today, but we really appreciate your time and joining us. And we hope everybody stays safe out there. Thanks. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.